we've got a lot to cover in the Pirates minor league system. So to start off, we're going to cover a bit of what happened in some of the games over the past couple of days. So to begin with Triple A, Triple A today is coming off. Well, right now, as I'm recording this, they are winning 10 to nine in the top of the eighth inning against Columbus. You know, Emmanuel started for the team. He gave up five earned runs, but then we saw Mlodzinski come in, shut things down, and Mark Mathias came through with three RBIs. He was the top scorer for that. So, obviously, tomorrow the score might be different depending on how they wrap up this game. But as I'm recording this, is the top of the eighth right now in Columbus. As for double A, we're going to get into that a little bit later. But just to cover over, high A... They played Bowling Green, and they won 15-1. to So big offensive day. And guess what? That's not the only offense. That's not the only team, rather, that had a ton of offense today. Uh, Anthony Solomedo got the W for the Grasshoppers, and Eli Wilson came through with five RBIs in the 15-1 to win. Low A, Braden's Marauders, they were postponed and ultimately made up for a later day in May. Now, before we get into this curve game, I just want you all to know it was just as insane to be working this game as you may think. The curve ended up winning 13-9, to but man, was this a back-and-forth game. It was crazy, crazy, crazy from the beginning. We were playing the Hartford Yard Goats, um, and... You know, everything seemed very, very smooth, and, you know, it all seemed to go to plan. However, you know, Aaron Shortridge on the mound, he was pitching great. Got to the third inning, you know, curve was up by one at this point because of Henry Davis ground out. Yeah, um, I mean, to put it in... You know, lack of better words, all hell broke loose. (laughs) So, realistically, it was one to nothing Altoona in the third inning, and all of a sudden it was seven to one Hartford. There were errors upon errors. There was a bunt that was thrown away. Drew Maggi whiffed on a ball to third base. Walks, two RBI walks in the inning. Shortridge left the game, brought in Domkowski, who wasn't pitching great either. Again, not great sign to see for the Altoona curve because we're already blowing through this bullpen. And I don't like getting rid of our starter, even if he gives up seven runs. However, you know, everyone... In the press box, all the fans, it was education day, so there were a bunch of kids there. And everyone was just kind of like, what the heck is going on? Now down 7-1, to they had McMahon on the mound for Hartford. And just like they drew it up. Um, more errors for Hartford Yard Goat. They ended up with three on the day. They came around and, you know, we were all kind of joking for a little bit saying that, oh, hey, uh, you know, if they can start on an error, then so can we. And we did just that. Suddenly it was seven to five Hartford 
And then Henry Davis, big old Henry Davis, comes up clutch with a two RBI single to tie the game at seven. Now, ultimately, we went up eight to seven, um, followed by more errors. But everyone seemed to be hitting. Leover Pagaro had two more hits on the day. Gorski struggled a bit at the plate, but he had an excellent diving catch uh, to save a couple runs, which, I mean, in a game where you scored 22 runs, it's pretty hard to save some. But the funniest thing is, there were no home runs hit. It was all small ball. So, crazy game, especially for an 11 a.m. start. You definitely didn't expect that. So, Altoona Curve, they did come away with the win 13-9, and it was a solid game. I just think, I wish our pitching, like, our pitching is not great, and by, you know, obviously, if you're not great, you're going to give up a lot of runs, and obviously, if you give up a lot of runs, they're going to dig into your bullpen, and then we just took pitches and innings out of these guys' arms, and it's... I get it. It's what bullpen guys are supposed to do. But when these guys are pitching like every two two days or so, and you have six game, and you have six game like home stretches or just stretches in general, it's really hard to, you know, preserve these guys' arms. And it's kind of showing off for the curve. We've seen a lot of high-scoring games, which is good because we've had our offense be able to bail us out um, pretty decently. But high-scoring games aren't always great. So it's great for the offense, not great for the pitching. So in reality, a crazy game today. It was very fun to work, very intense. You know, kept you on the edge of the seat, especially because no one expected that comeback to come out of nowhere. Um... Honestly, the defense I'm not too concerned about. I know Maggie whiffed on that ball, but it was right to him, and it just seemed like a total whiff. Like, he lifted his glove up too soon, and that was it. So, I'm not too concerned about the defense. Like I said, I mentioned the pitching, but I just ha- I have to mention this because, to me, it's so funny because I haven't really... I mean, it's not funny, but, like, <laughs> I haven't really experienced watching Henry Davis get hit with a pitch. He got hit twice again today. And I'm just like, he's not crowding the plate as much. He's not crowding the plate as much, and he's definitely not... He's definitely not crowding the plate as much, and as much as anyone, or more than anyone else, rather. And so... Like, I don't understand why he keeps getting hit by pitches. I mean, I guess, like, in reality, you can just, um, I guess in reality, you can say that he's, they're scared of him, but, like, realistically, why, (laughs) don't hit him with a pitch. I mean, especially in the wrist area, which that happened today, so... Honestly, just just like a little tidbit that I wanted to throw in there because it's just really a confusing, confusing thing, a confusing concept, really. And Henry Davis has also been playing right field recently, so it's been really fun to see him uh, experiment out there. And I get it. He's a catcher, so he's supposed to be able to, you know, 
throw really far distances, throw in a second, whatever. But in right field today, he there was their leadoff runner on third, and he was really speedy, really fast, and they totally were going to tag up on the sag fly, and Henry Davis just gunned that ball on the fly to Dylan Shockley behind the plate, just kept those runners put. And it was honestly awesome to see um, great arm. Uh, I really like seeing him in right field. I know a lot of people were kind of um, confused by it, but I like seeing the variation out there and also giving Dylan Shockley some time to develop too because obviously catchers are something that are very hard to come by. Not hard to come by, but a quality catcher. So getting both Shockley and Davis at-bats in that way is pretty awesome. Um, so yeah, pretty much just crazy curve, uh, curve day overall. That's, um, 38 runs scored by three of the four minor league teams combined. And that's, you know, pretty exciting to see for the offense. So obviously we've covered, you know, the recaps of the games, but let's talk about who is hot right now. And when I mean hot, I mean like you cannot touch him so the first one we're going to start with is quinn priester quinn priester in may has gone four and oh and he's only allowed three runs over 24 innings the last 24 innings that he has pitched obviously that's a step up from where he came starting with an eight era in the very first couple of games i get that's not a real high uh amount of starts however it still starts um he gave up he hasn't given up any more than three runs and he has just been absolutely untouchable for Andy. He keeps throwing shutout balls. He's not as efficient as he only goes five innings with um about eighty-five to ninety pitches, which obviously isn't great efficiency, but still outstanding to see him turn into the pitcher that everyone thought he was. I think he's getting adjusted to triple A and I definitely feel like we see that coming to to bloom next we have leover Pagero, one of my favorite players one that i'm super excited to see come back up to the majors he was two for four today my apologies two for four and now he's batting 277 which is honestly i mean i know a lot of people say uh 277 is not the best but in reality 277 is pretty pretty good Especially when you have a lineup like Altoona, make sure you get your hits. He has solid ABs. Today he had just fantastic ABs. He did have one AB where he popped up on the first pitch, but that was late in the game when it was tied. So I guess that was sort of a, you know, um, happy swing just to break this crazy tie. But he has been just lighting up the ball, uh, ball field. He has truly been... Um, a sight for sore eyes for Altoona fans and him uh, playing next there. He's been in the leadoff spot for the past couple of games and it, you know, him and, you know, him and Matt Frazier and Henry Davis all usually going one, two, and three has been like super helpful for the um, Altoona curve. And, you know, I just, I think he's great. I think we should, I know he had his debut already, but I think we should see him soon enough. Um, 
But we're going to get more into who needs to go and who needs to go up. Okay? That's going to get interesting. <laughs> but we also have Tamar Johnson, who seems to be hitting the ball uh, pretty well uh, in single A. Um, obviously, a top prospect of ours. Um, I think he is our current number one prospect, if I'm not mistaken. So... You know, it's lovely to see him getting adjusted. Hopefully, you know, we can see him up soon. I really, I don't like the idea of rushing everyone. I don't like the idea of rushing everyone to, you know, each minor league level and then to the majors. Take each time, taking everything, all your teammates, um, friends, fans, everything like that. But... If you're going to speed through it, then speed through it and then just come on up because we need help. And also, someone that doesn't really get a lot of love is J.P. Massey. He has three starts in May, and he has been shutting out down all the competition. He's thrown all three shutouts. Um, he's just been on fire. His fastball has been just incredibly potent, and... You know, great pitcher. Um, just super excited to see more pitchers coming. But I feel as though it is that time. I've been pretty neutral. And as you all know, I am a Pirates fan. Duh. But I've been neutral. And now I'm angry. Uh, I'm not sure if angry is the right word. Mm, it might be. Hang on. So, obviously, the Pirates blew a 20-8 and eight start. Miserable. It has been miserable. It has been a totally different season from the beginning of the season. And I just, I just don't know what's wrong. Um... But to me, I think I know the source of the problem. And I get it. You can only do so much with what you're given. However, if Chris Owings and Rodolfo Castro, I get it. Castro's not the strongest at shortstop. But if Chris Owings and Rodolfo Castro are battling for my shortstop position... Why would you not give it to the young kid who has been training? You know, Chris Owings, yes, he was a young kid at one time trying to get to this spot, but he's done and over with. He can't hit. He's mm, mediocre defense at best. I mean, he's pretty decent, but, like, Rodolfo Castro has not gotten any at-bats. And, you know, they pinch hit Rodolfo Castro in the, <laughs> like, eighth or so inning in game tying situations and they put so much pressure on this kid and it's like that's what chris owings is for like I, I mean i get it you want to have your best hitters but if you can admit that rodolfo castro is one of your best hitters then put him in the lineup he has been a young solid player and that's what i'm frustrated about is we see all of these guys come up you know, from the minor leagues, just to get sat down behind veteran guy, veteran guys who can't hit for anything. So, 
that being said, the source of the pirate's problem is not playing your young kids. At all. <laughs> and listen, I'm not saying all old guys are bad. Carlos Santana is fine. Andrew McCutcheon is looking like 2013 Andrew McCutcheon all over again. But, like, Chris Owings is not the answer for your shortstop. I like that Tucapita is playing sometimes. And, but I don't understand the Rodolfo Castro, like, slander. And everyone's like, oh, he can't hit righties that well. Mm, Chris Owings can't hit righties or lefties. <laughs> so, I mean, realistically, it doesn't matter. I think we we have such a strong farm system you have to incorporate these kids that you know like and that's why fans get mad that's why fans get mad is because if they don't incorporate them they trade them and that's the problem here is we don't know how to manage this when we get good talent and it's frustrating but chris owings is a polished Josh Van Meter at best. And it's not, he's not to play over Rodolfo Castro. Another one, I know on the contrary to what I'm saying about play your young kids. If your young kids aren't playing well, then that's when you sit them. G. Juan Bay cannot play right now. He can't be in the lineup. He swings out of his shoes, especially with runners in scoring position. And when our Running runners in scoring position is at its specific lowest, like just a rate of hitting them in, then don't play him. And it's frustrating. He has no base running competence and it's frustrating to see, but that's when you not necessarily punish them, but that's when you send them down to make sure they get the training they need. And with Rodolfo Castro, if you're not going to send him down to trip away to get at bats, and then you're not going to give him at-bats in the majors, then you're putting him in a gray area, and what's sitting on the bench going to do? We learned that Bay is probably not the answer right now. So sit him, get him some time working outside of the games, or send him down. You have these options for a reason. But Rodolfo Castro has not done anything to make you sit. And this isn't a Rodolfo Castro podcast. But I, I, come on, come on. And when Henry Davis and Leover Pagaro, Quinn Priester, all these guys, when they come up, we've just got to utilize them. Because I'm not going to lie. I was a false hope believer. That was a false hope start if I've ever seen one. We're not good. We haven't changed. It was a different form of momentum coming through with Andrew McCutcheon coming back. We haven't changed. Andy Haynes is still our hitting coach. Oscar Marine is still our pitching coach. And guess what? When these young kids come up, they, I hope that they don't get their, not careers ruined, but I hope that they get the playing opportunity. And I hope we change out of this mindset. I get it. If you like Chris Owings, I like it if you like Chris Owings for a pinch hit appearance or whatever, but he should not be taking away at-bats from young players that have proven over time and time again that they deserve. Um, and so, so to me, if you're going to utilize players like Chris Owings, please use a lot, utilize them 
not over Rodolfo Castro or any of your young players that are vying to help you with this team. Chris Owings isn't the answer. Okay, he could be an okay bench piece, but he's not the answer, and neither is that kind of font of ball player. So to me, wait for your guys to develop. Wait for all of the not no don't wait for the September call-ups. We should be acting on it. Obviously, I know Shelton and them aren't in charge of these roster moves, but just keeping keeping in charge of watching how these guys develop in the minor leagues and then bringing them up. There's going to be a chemistry there that you have no idea. Uh, and I think that's our problem. We've got to wait for these young kids. And obviously, I know young kids have come up, but you can't only carry it on your shoulders. So to me, utilize your young kids, wait for the other kids to come up in the minor leagues, and wait for these young bucks to just take the world by storm. Utilize, utilize, utilize what you have. Anyway, that's all the time I have here on Talk the Plank with your minor league madness. Make sure you follow Talk the Plank at Talk the Plank Pod and myself at Haley Ryan with an underscore after Ryan. Thank you so much. Let's go, Bucks. <laughs>